see that God's big and powerful. He created the universe. Remember how powerful he is. In Matthew, we see that God's big and powerful, and he loves you enough to come to earth to find you and to prove how much he loves you. He made a whole plan that spans generations just to find you. And in Psalm 1, God's big and powerful, and he wants you to delight in him. That's the purpose of all of this. He wants to be with you and for you to delight in him. This is the Money Minister Podcast. I bet you thought I'd be a man. My name is Katherine Vanderlaan, and I'm a financial coach and minister in training. I firmly believe that Christians shouldn't have money worries. This podcast is about keeping money in its place as a tool and not allowing it to rule your life. I challenge conventional beliefs we Christians have about money and use the Bible as my source of absolute truth. Join me. Let's work together to keep money in its place as we follow Jesus with our whole lives. Welcome to the Money Minister Season 3, Episode 1. We are starting a new season in the Money Minister. We'll be going through the entire Bible. Don't worry, it won't be boring. But we're going through it to see what God really says about money and how to apply that now. I've gotten a lot of questions and a lot of people who have said, you clearly don't know what the Bible says. Guys, I've read it over 20 times at this point. Every word. I know what it says, but I don't think I'm an expert. And I don't need to prove anything to you, but let's go through it together. This is going to be probably a long season since we'll be reading the whole Bible together. So, I mean, let's just do it. As we go through the Bible, we'll pull out some pieces that might seem peripheral to the money discussion, but I promise you they're not. It will all apply. Let's get started. Last year, a couple came to me with some big problems. They were, they were pretty big money problems. They were living in a high cost of living area. They owned a house with a mortgage of over $4,000 every month. They had credit card debt, they had personal loans, and they had a leak in their basement. They had just a few hundred dollars in the bank and didn't know what to do. I wish that this wasn't a common thing, but I see this all the time. I work mostly with people in high cost of living areas. Now, the wife here, she knew and she trusted God. The husband trusted his wife and decided to be pretty agnostic about God at the moment. She managed the bills and the money. She made more money than he did and felt the pressure to get back to paying their mortgage on time. They were behind on their mortgage too. And it was hard. Yeah, I could tell that she was really feeling that pressure. At one point she said to me, It wasn't supposed to be like this. I thought God would bless me. I want to trust him, but I don't know how. Today's passage is all about trusting God because of who he is and what he's done for us. Trusting God and trusting God's plan. I know that that woman is far from the only one who wants to trust God and doesn't know how. We all go through times when we look at our lives and we wonder where God is. Where, where is he? We see our financial situations, our stress. We see horrible things that have happened in our lives. And we wonder if God's going to show up and help us. In today's passage, we see our God. We see him show up in all of his glory and power. And we see him show up 
as a helpless infant. More than that, we see what God intended for humanity and what he set up for us in the Garden of Eden. We see that perfect place, the perfect, well, Eden, garden, what he wanted us to experience. We see the routine he established, right? When he set up the world, when he created the world, we see how he gave humanity everything they needed to live and one rule. He set the world up with rules for us. In Genesis 1 through 2, verse 17, which is today's Genesis reading, we see God's power as he creates the whole universe. Then God's attention to detail as he shows us an amazing place with everything we need down to streams of water, which symbolize life and are probably also real. In Matthew chapter one, we see God's bigger plan and how he shows up in it, sometimes in a big way and sometimes in a small way as an infant. In Psalm one, we see those streams of water again, symbolizing life and fruit, all that we need in in God. Listen for these points as I read the Bible to you. Let's go back to the couple for a moment. This couple was struggling. They weren't perfect in life, but who is? I'm not here to judge anyone. And as we went through their budget, I asked whether they'd continue tithing or if they would put that on hold. They were tithing over $1,000 every month. It was 10% of their income. The wife was completely adamant. I mean, completely adamant, guys, that they continue tithing. Her husband, as I said, was, was pretty agnostic, but he trusted her. And he said, if this is important to you, we will continue doing it. That next month, God saw them. So with me, she stood firm in her faith, even while wondering where God was. She, faith to her at that moment was making a decision to have that faith in the God of the universe, the God who created everything, the God who can take care of her. And then do what she was called to do by him. They're learning to put together. They're, they're learning. Don't worry. They're learning to put together a wise plan. We'll get to that in another podcast episode. Actually, I won't get into that now. And they realize that their wise plan includes following God. She realizes that anyway. They're tithing every, every month and they're resting one day a week. We'll see in today's passage that the God of the universe wants your heart. And your heart can be seen in what you do when life is hard. What are you doing when life is hard? Are you trusting God? Or are you leaning back and and trying to do it in your own understanding? You might not agree with their decisions, this couple that I just brought up, but we'll get to those decisions specifically in other passages and in other episodes. So don't worry, I'm not going to leave them alone. I've worked with uh, at least over 100 people, maybe 120 at this point in the last two years. And I'll have some examples. These guys will come up because this made an impression on me. So right now for you, please know, and you're going to hear this in today's passage, know that God's calling you to follow him with your whole life, every decision, big and small, because he cares about you. He created you. He created the whole world and can change your world in an instant. He will help you. Stay true to God and ask him for help. He'll be there. So here are the big points in today's passage. In Genesis 1 and 2 through verse 17, we see that God's big and powerful. 
He created the universe. Remember how powerful he is. In Matthew, we see that God's big and powerful, and he loves you enough to come to earth to find you and to prove how much he loves you. He made a whole plan that spans generations just to find you. And in Psalm 1, God's big and powerful, and he wants you to delight in him. That's the purpose of all of this. He wants to be with you and for you to delight in him. So bottom line, guys, God's here. God sees you. God wants your heart. He wants your obedience. He wants your delight because he loves you. And he did a lot to help you know that he loves you. He did a lot of that. So here's, here's how you can apply today's passage. And think about this as you're listening to the reading. Think about this. If you are going through some money struggles, if you are going through struggles in your life, maybe they're financial, maybe they're health struggles, whatever they are, know that God is here. He is our creator. He is our healer. And he's not absent. He wants to help you. So please ask him, trust in him. He knows a lot more than you ever could. He knows the future. He knows how this will all play out. He has a plan. Be in his plan. You won't just somehow magically be in his plan. You have to ask how. So go to our creator God. Go to the big and powerful God who came to earth, who wants to be with you, who wants for you to delight in him and ask him for help. That's it. That's today's application. Group Financial Coaching is a group that's getting out of debt together. We celebrate wins, keep each other accountable, and tackle the hard life questions that come up. If you wish you had a group of like-minded people to lean on and learn from, join us in Group Financial Coaching. We're here to help you get to financial independence and have fun on the journey. Learn more at saverstreet.com slash group financial coaching. Okay, let's get to the reading. Genesis 1, and I read out of the World English Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was on the surface of the deep, and God's spirit was hovering over the surface of the waters. God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light and saw that it was good. God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening and there was morning, the first day. God said, Let there be an expanse in the middle of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. God made the expanse and divided the waters which are under the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse. And it was so. God called the expanse sky. There was evening and there was morning, a second day. God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. God saw that it was good. God said, let the earth yield grass, herbs yielding seeds and fruit trees bearing fruit after their kind with their seeds in it on the earth. And it was so. The earth yielded grass, herbs yielding seed after their kind, and trees bearing fruit with their seeds in it after their kind. 
and God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning, a third day. God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs to mark seasons, days, and years. And let them be for lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the expanse of the sky to give light to the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning, a fourth day. God said, Let the waters abound with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the sky. God created the large sea creatures and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarmed after their kind and every winged bird after its kind. God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. There was evening and there was morning. A fifth day, God said, Let the earth produce living creatures after their kind, livestock, creeping things, and animals of the earth after their kind. And it was so. God made the animals of the earth after their kind, and the livestock after their kind, and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind. God saw that it was good. God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In God's image, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God said, Behold, I have given you every herb yielding seed which is on the surface of all the earth, and every tree which bears fruit yielding seed. It will be your food. To every animal of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. God saw everything he had made, and behold, it was very good. There was evening and there was morning, a sixth day. Genesis chapter 2. The heavens, the earth, and all their vast array were finished. On the seventh day, God finished his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because he rested in it from all his work of creation, which he had done. This is the history of the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that Yahweh, God made the earth and the heavens. No plant of the field was yet in the earth and no herb of the field had yet sprung up for Yahweh God had not caused it to rain on the earth. There was not a man to till the ground, but a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Yahweh God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Yahweh God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. 
Out of the ground, Yahweh God made every tree to grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, including the tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it was parted and became the source of four rivers. The name of the first is Pishon. It flows through the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Bedelium and onyx stone are also there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the same river that flows through the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hidekel. This is the one which flows in front of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. Yahweh God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate and keep it. Yahweh God commanded the man, saying, You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but you shall not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Matthew chapter 1 The Book of the Genealogy of Jesus Christ, the Son of David, the Son of Abraham. Abraham became the father of Isaac. Isaac became the father of Jacob. Jacob became the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah became the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez became the father of Hezron. Hezron became the father of Ram. Ram became the father of Amminadab. Amminadab became the father of Nashon. Nashon became the father of Salmon. Salmon became the father of Boaz by Rahab. Boaz became the father of Obed by Ruth. Obed became the father of Jesse. Jesse became the father of King David. David became the father of Solomon by her who had been Uriah's wife. Solomon became the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam became the father of Abijah. Abijah became the father of Asa. Asa became the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat became the father of Joram. Joram became the father of Uzziah. Uzziah became the father of Jotham. Jotham became the father of Ahaz. Ahaz became the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah became the father of Manasseh. Manasseh became the father of Ammon. Ammon became the father of Josiah. Josiah became the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah became the father of Shealtiel. Shealtiel became the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel became the father of Abiud. Abiud became the father of Eliakim. Eliakim became the father of Azor. Azor became the father of Zadok. Zadok became the father of Achim. Achim became the father of Eliad. Eliad became the father of Eleazar. Eleazar became the father of Matan. Matan became the father of Jacob. Jacob became the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, from whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David to the exile to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the carrying away to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was like this. For after his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph before they came together, she was found pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not willing to make her a public example, intended to put her away secretly. But when he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, 
Don't be afraid to take to yourself, marry your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She shall give birth to a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for it is he who shall save his people from their sins. Now all of this has happened that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall give birth to a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. Joseph arose from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took his wife to himself and didn't know her sexually until she had given birth to her firstborn son. He named him Jesus. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand on the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in Yahweh's law. On his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by the streams of water that produces its fruit in its season, whose leaf also does not wither. Whatever he does shall prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked shall not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For Yahweh knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. Okay, let's follow this up, guys. That was the reading for today. Genesis 1 and 2 through verse 17, Matthew chapter 1, Psalm 1. And I I just want to say, first, I love the Bible. And second, did you see that? In Psalms, it said, the righteous, he will be like a tree planted by the streams of water that produces its fruit in its season, whose leaf also does not wither. Whatever he does shall prosper. And what is the righteous? It's the one, it's the one who delights in Yahweh's law. So the one who knows God, the one who follows God, the one who trusts God, the one who obeys God. That is what this whole Psalm is about. And in Matthew, we see two people who trust God, who obey God, who are righteous, who follow God and through them, through Mary and through Joseph, not following his instincts, not following what he thought was right because he was a righteous man, but in trusting God when an angel comes and tells him to change his mind. He obeys God. He trusts God. He, he knows God. And he does what he says. And then way back in Genesis, in our first reading today, we see that God created the world and he gave us rules. He continues to give us rules. And now the good news is that when Jesus came, he took away some of, well, he, he completed, he fulfilled the law. And so there are still, there are still things that we should follow today, like God, we should follow God. And Jesus does say, love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. For this sums up the law and the prophets, right? So through all of that, we see, and we're going to see in this podcast and as we continue, God, who he is, what he's given us, and how we're to follow God today. So your application, your application for today is to go forward and to trust God and to ask God to help you. So I hope that you do that. And I hope this isn't something that you want to skip. 
I think that it's, if you haven't read the Bible, then you're going to hear it. If you have read the Bible, then maybe you love it already. And this will be another reminder. I do a Bible in a year every year. That's, that's why I can say I've read it 20 times. I do a Bible in a year every year. And so this is a little bit slower than a Bible in a year. This is a lot slower than a Bible in a year. So if you want to do your Bible in a year and do this, you're going to get a double dose and it's going to be great. So go ahead. I'm really excited to introduce to you the Bible, what God says in it, how it ties together and what it means for you. And we are going to be taking a special focus on money, what it means for you and your money management, how you relate to money. I really don't like this phrase that much, but your relationship with money and with God. The whole point of this podcast is to help you as you root out money as a worry in your life so that you can focus on Jesus. So let's do that. Let's focus on Jesus. All right, guys, I hope this was encouraging. I hope it was helpful. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living a Budget. I'm glad you're here. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate our podcast on iTunes or whatever you're using to listen. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at saver.street. And if you need help with your personal finances, feel free to book a complimentary consultation at saverstreet.com. We'll help you find what you need in your journey to financial independence. I'll see you in the next episode.